Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 24. And today we're going to be talking about family on mission and what does that look like? Let's do this. Hey, hey, thank you guys so much for listening today. We really appreciate you guys. And today we have a really great topic, family on mission. And today's special guests are Martin and Ruth. How are you guys doing? Great. great. Yes. Good to meet you, yes. It's great to be sitting next to you guys, especially because you guys are missionaries in Japan and you guys are back in Toronto right now. And it's been really great to sit with you guys and hear from you guys and learn from you guys. And so I think the reason I want to talk to both of you about family on mission is is for two reasons. One, I remember a conversation we had a number of years ago, and you talked about a desire to see families join you on mission in Japan, short-term or long-term, because you want Japanese people to see examples of how God works in families and what authentic Christ-following families could look like in having hope, joy, and love, but also going through the realness and sometimes the messiness of being families together. And that's, that was such an amazing picture of the gospel lived out in a family. And secondly, you guys have both also raised your children on the mission field as well. And I've had a chance to meet all four of your children, and they have their own faith, and they are all participating in different ways in, in ministries as well, in different capacities over the years. And so, I really wanted to hear about your experiences. So, I wanted to ask, first and foremost, what was the journey like in terms of adopting your four children on the mission field? Did you always want four? Did it just happen to be four? You know, what started that conversation in terms of thinking, we want to raise a family while we're on missions? Um, I think that the thought of having four children wasn't necessarily connected to missions. In particular, it was more just that we both come from uh, large families and we loved uh, all the interactions that we had with our siblings. And we wanted to have a family that would have that same kind of uh, joy and just interaction. I really do. I think both of us believe that you learn a lot from your family and you mm. grow a lot as individuals through the interactions that you have in a family. And I think that's a really healthy thing. And so I think if you're thinking of missions, um, it's not about just um, going and doing your job. It's, it's uh, about living as real people in the normal circumstances uh, in front of the people that you go to share Jesus with. And so I think uh, we wanted a family and we wanted to have that kind of interaction with people uh, in Japan that they would be able to see us as a family. Amen to that. Yes. And since we were a family, we... We're on mission together. And so when we did life and ministry, and usually the things are connected, our ministry is our life, our life is our ministry often. And we included our kids. And when they were young, of course, we'd put them to bed on time and not right. keep them up all hours of the night. But at the same time, all the different things that were going on in the church, our kids enjoyed being part of that. We made sure that church was one of the most exciting places to be during the week. And, sure. And so we put up a basketball net, and we had first ones around to have kickboards and uh, and rollerblades and things like that, so that church is a fun place to be. Nice. Very nice. And what was that experience like? You know, having your family, like all four of your kids grow up in ministry, and to be doing life together, to be able to serve others as well together, 
you know, what was, what was that experience like? That's a big question, but I think uh, I can just say a few things. Like we realized that our our children needed some time with just us. We are very open in our ministry. We have anybody can drop in anytime, mm-hmm. but still your kids need some time when they can have our undivided detention. So fairly early on, we decided to have breakfast as kind of like sacred time. And uh, so even if we had overnight guests, we would serve them later, but we would have breakfast with our children ourselves and have our little morning devotions together and do their English practice before they went off to Japanese school. Right. And then in the evening, if they needed to go to bed before all the activities were done, one of us was sure to um, put them to bed, to pray with them, to maybe lay beside them for a bit and listen to how their day was and what they thought about their day. But they were very involved with us in all the events that we hosted. Sure, yeah. I believe that being a family in mission is you need to be hospitable. I think hospitality plays a big part. Mm. And and they enjoyed being uh, with other people, and I think they really enjoyed the different events that we had. And and the things, the events that we did was trying to show Jesus in an interesting way to the people around us. And, and as much as the other people, I think it showed it to our children as well. Mm-hmm. In Japan, clubs are a huge part of most Japanese students' lives. Okay. And so our rule in order to be able to keep our family life together was that they could join any club they wanted, mm-hmm. but they had to be home for supper. And they needed to be in church during the church time. They could go to club before church or after church, but sure. they had to be at church during the, the worship time. And so that kept our family as having some constants. And we could also worship together as a family every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of clubs are you talking about? Like kind of sports or like arts or what kind of clubs? Uh, from grade three, every person in Japan, every elementary school kid joins a club of some after school activity and mm. yes it's it's the whole gamut it's uh, it could be sports related it could be music related sometimes a writing related or even things like how to ride a bike safely club sure um that's so, important yeah there's riding it clubs. safely <laughs> yes the sports clubs tended to be seven days a week sure and they were t- they tended to be at the school until eight in the evening Wow, okay. Music clubs as well would be quite intensive seven days a week. Mm. And so those are the clubs that our kids couldn't attend. Now for both of you, with your family, did you guys have to ever wrestle with what that rhythm looked like in terms of setting apart time to be together as a family, to worship together at church, and also what you mentioned, breakfast and dinner? Was it always that way or did it kind of evolve over the years? I think there's a certain amount that it evolved. Like we had birthday parties at our house in the beginning. And then if we got interrupted too many times and we realized, oh, you know what, we need to go to a place where our kids can have us by themselves. So we we started instituting going away to a quiet place for a birthday party. Mm, okay. Or in between Christmas and New Year's, we would go away somewhere for like a couple days and, and whatever, watch Star Wars together or yes. something else. Like, Something that highly recommended Star Wars. <laughs> it's something that we could do that was just with them alone. You know, I think in the beginning, I served other people breakfast if they stayed overnight at the same time as our kids. After a while, we realized, okay, they need every day a certain amount of time by themselves. And so 
Breakfast is the the best time to do it, like the most practical time to do it. Very nice. Um, and then, and also like closing off the day with them. So there's a certain amount that it evolved uh, as we we saw the needs of our kids, mm-hmm. and also see how at different times how many people came. And so we, I think, for us, uh, there used to be a little restaurant down the road from us, and if we felt that everybody was getting interrupted too much then we would just kind of sneak off to this little restaurant and have supper down there yes the other thing that evolved if you will over the years was that we tried having short-termers short-term assistants come from overseas when our kids were young and then we decided it was just too intrusive in our family life it wasn't as helpful as what we had hoped it would be because we're needing to put out fires with our kids sometimes. And so we decided that we just wouldn't have short-termers when our kids were quite young. But then it got to a certain age when we thought it would be helpful to have people come from overseas and have that influence in our kids as well. Because Mm -hmm. they're people that come short-term, usually are people that have been in touch with Jesus. They want to grow in their faith, and they're quite biblical. So we thought that it'd be great having these these older brothers and sisters come and engage with our children. Sure. And I think it was a blessing in retrospect. Now they've got friends around the world. It's yeah, really absolutely. amazing. Yeah. And they also get to see different ways and expressions of faith as well from all those from all over the world. And that's amazing. If you could go back and talk to yourselves before you had kids, what would you tell your past selves or what would you try to encourage them with? I think that we recognize that God is very amazing and faithful. Mm. I mean, in retrospect, we can see how faithful he was in many different situations. And it's, I guess, our our former selves, I think we would have thought that he's faithful in theory. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, we know in practicality that he's sure. faithful. For example... At different times, we needed extra help teaching our children, especially when they were in the high school level, because we did homeschooling in, in high school. And when they were younger, we sent them to Japanese school right through the end of junior high. But when we really needed help teaching them, God sent us somebody who could come and help them. Right. And when one child was struggling with an identity, I think he sent along a short-termer who really kind of scooped her up and mm-hmm. and was a a cool big sister um, and helped her work through her identity when she was 13. Mm. Just in so many ways, we can't even count them all. In retrospect, we can see that God really is faithful. And I think that I would just, yeah, encourage people afresh that we can rely on Him and we can ask Him for wisdom and we can and we can say, God, I'm really struggling with this part right here, and we need I need help, and uh, ask him for help. Sure. And he has done it. And as you're sharing it, it does sound so much that it comes out of that history and experience with God throughout all that. Yes. I would encourage younger parents to be intentional, to not miss mm. those opportunities, because mm. Uh, mm. your children are only at that age for one time ever, and so... And each step, to enjoy each step of the way, because changing diapers seems to be a difficult thing at the time. But if you do them, you don't get to go back and do them. <laughs> and it becomes a special memory of the time you had sure. with your child. And all the way through, you know, I could give that example for each age of that child. But, and so you don't, you know, intentionally miss out on those opportunities. You intentionally take those opportunities and make memories together. 
Mm-hmm. And then you don't live with regrets later on. Actually, I think that word intentional is a really great word. When Martin asked me to marry him, he asked me uh, to marry him like on January 6th. Good memory. <laughs> Sorry. He asked me to marry him on January 4th. <laughs> and, and we got married in May. So, you know, it's about half a year apart, sure. the end of May and January. And so we made it a priority to, to celebrate. And I think in the Old Testament, God encourages people to celebrate. And um, there's reasons why, like he said, oh, when you build an altar, you know, your kids will look at it and say, hey, what's that altar doing right, here? Right, yeah. And, and then you can say, well, God helped us at that time or whatever. And so we have always um, tried to celebrate. And the January 4th one is the time that we, as a couple, would take one night and we'd go to a Japanese inn. We would just go through each of our children and, and say, okay, yeah, where do we feel our our this child is at, at this point in mm. time. And what do you think uh, they need? You know, we would kind of talk about it. Like there was a time when one of our sons was like, auntie speaking English and what do I need to do that for? It's such a bother. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and so at this time in the inn, we decided that we would send him and his sister to our relatives in, in uh, America and Canada for a uh, summer vacation, you know? And when he came back, he was like telling his little sister, oh, yeah, yeah, it's really important, you know? To know English, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? But just like taking uh, taking uh, time, and I think it's easy to use an, an anniversary or something like that where you just take time and you kind of reflect over your own relationship as a couple and see that you're doing what it takes to stay close to each other. Right. And also look at, individually at your children and see what you think they need. Another thing we thought was like how just even in worship, we felt like they weren't really engaged in worship. And so we sent our kids to, um, well, actually um, Hillsong came to Japan and Mm -hmm. there were some concerts and up where we lived, there weren't these kinds of things available, but we sent our kids to these different concerts and things just to give them a taste of what that type of a, worship would be Mm -hmm. and to kind of encourage that part of them. So I think being intentional and noticing where they're at, what they need and, and trying to come up with what might uh, give them a real hunger for that thing. Sure. That's really beautiful. That's really intentional. That's a cool dynamic to have, especially as you go through the each year, right? How would you say ministry has shaped your family? I think each of our kids love ministry, love people. And they're quite comfortable with people, and, and each of them want to serve others. They're all in different types of ministries. They all have different types of gifts, but they all have that common thing. And I think it's because we did that as a family, sure. where people were our focus. We didn't let people overshadow our personal life or our family life or our relationship with God, but they were really important to us. Mm-hmm. And so each of our kids, I think, too, they, they like having a ministry to people like serving people, like to see people move ahead in their spiritual lives. And so I think that's uh, one of the things that we're able to instill by God's grace into each of our kids. Hmm. Yeah, I like what you said, that you didn't let it overshadow. I think very much our way of doing ministry is inviting people to do life with us and then sharing God in that context, you know? Like we've gone sliding together. We've done, you know, we did this thing one time when our kids were younger, where we had all the young people come over and stay overnight, and we 
and we have so much snow where we are. And we're like, oh, let's do a night slider. You know, we go sliding in the dark. Yes. Uh, in the snow. Um, but we also had, during that, there was also Bible talks and different things. And so we had fun together as a family, and we invited the larger community around us to join in with us and to have fun with us, but also to think about faith in that context. And I think sometimes ministry is kind of done in like maybe churchy sort of way. I don't know how to mm-hmm. put it, but kind of but like an isolated. Yeah. And in the it's, box. yeah, it's not part of like everyday life. And I right. think the reason our kids love ministry is because like Martin said, we didn't, it wasn't like ministry was overshadowing our life. It was, we we did it together. It was life and doing all kinds of different things together and yeah. sharing God in the context of all those different activities. Yeah, that's awesome. Just to kind of bridge the context into the Canadian Asian context, because we don't want to just be having this conversation for missionaries or for those in pastoral ministry. We want to actually imagine a picture of what families can be like to follow Christ together. And I think you guys are, you know, have shared a lot of different ways in which that, you know, showed up in your own family. And I think as I kind of think of a little bit about the context which we're in, in North America, there could often can be this dichotomy between family and ministry or being or living on mission. You know, some people have called it kind of an idolatry of the family where like family needs and desires kind of trump participation in ministry, or even to the point of growing in our faith as a family. Uh, some have observed that the busyness of families, and especially, you know, in, in, in the context of Asian families, there's a high emphasis on academics, there's a high emphasis on familiar duties, either chores or responsibilities, extracurriculars, hobbies, vacations, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't leave a lot of time and space to grow together in your faith or to be in ministry. And one of the things that I think I want to just end off our episode with, and this is kind of our takeaway box, which we do at the end of every episode is, you know, what encouragement or challenge would you offer to listeners in that regard in like, as we live in this context, in the Canadian context? When I first went to Japan, there is a yogurt drink uh, ad, which um, has a little seesaw on it. And it's, and their, their word, their catch word is balance. And I think over the years, that's kind of been something that I've really come to think is very important. And if you look at the Bible, God uh, calls his people to take a Sabbath. And I think that our generation's really bad at it, but probably every generation has struggled with it. In the Old Testament, he says, like, you know, um, sacrifice by choosing not to work all the time. Right, yeah. And I think the reason why we want to work all the time is we want to get ahead, do better, do better, get ahead, get ahead, do better. Mm-hmm. But at the end of a day, you don't actually do better. You lose some of the things that are the very essence of being alive. <laughs> and we actually, anybody who knows us knows that we work hard and we put in long hours. Mm-hmm. But there's also an element where you have to choose what's important. Sure. What happens if you work so hard to get a certain job and then because you have this certain job, then you lose your family. Like, so is that really worth worth that? You right. Know? Yeah. So I think that God calls us to a life of balance and he calls us to choose the important things. And that 
that is really a struggle in definitely in the Asian context of, but also I think metropolitan. I mm-hmm. think that's also maybe um, something that metropolitan areas really struggle with because, you know, life is expensive in the city. And sure. Yeah. But it, I think, again, that word intentionality and also balance and choosing is are all thing choosing the things that are most important is really important. Sure. Yeah. I think maybe we need to get back to figuring out how to live out the biblical injunctions to worship as families and to be involved spiritually as families. Mm. Like in the Old Testament, they had three major uh, celebrations that families were expected, men were obligated, but families were expected to gather in Jerusalem for a whole week, right? Uh, three times a year. And so it's like, well, what's going to happen to my farm? It's like, you trust God with your farm and you go and celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to happen to my, you know, whatever. And, and so that concept, uh, or when they returned to, to God and they stood outside in Nehemiah's and Ezra's day, Ezra's preaching, but Nehemiah got the, the walls built and they gathered all day outside, even the children, it says. And it's like, okay, I think this is biblical concept of, of being together as a family, worshiping God, serving God. Mm-hmm. And how we work that out in our, in our different cultures, of course, is going to look different. But I'm not sure that people are thinking about that and trying to figure it out now. And I think they just kind of maybe gave up or don't think that it's something that God wants them to do. Or sure. uh, if I've got personal faith, that's enough. Or I don't, I don't know how we justify it. But I think there's that biblical example uh, of families sacrificing together, doing things for God, for others that we need to get back to. Mm. Wow, that's a big idea. That's a lot to chew on and to wrestle with. But I love that you guys, both in your lives and by what you just shared, that you guys are also not compartmentalizing anything, just being like, oh, family's over here and faith is over here and and ministry's over here. But there's this kind of marriage between, you know, family and our our life with Christ, our family and the way we minister together or sacrifice together. And I think that's, that's something that really to consider for all of us, what that looks like. I, I know for me and for the other hosts of this podcast, we all have young children and we're all thinking about this and we feel the pressures. We feel the pressures of living in Toronto and, you know, the, the metropolitan kind of culture. And yeah, I think it's, it's kind of, it's going to be a, a yearly discernment process and a constant strive to be letting God change our desires to make us more intentional and to draw us closer to him as a family. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. It's been great to talk with you and to hear from you and the wisdom, all oh, the wisdom. It's, it's fantastic. Thank um, you, John. We're looking forward to seeing you in Japan again. Oh, I, I will. <laughs> hey, I, I, let this be a prophetic word and hopefully I will be there with you guys. With, with your family, of course. With my family. I, there, I would see it no other way. I would love for that to happen. And you know what? If there are others out there, families out there that want to consider joining and partnering with you in Japan, what would be the best way to reach you guys? And we can leave some of this information in the show notes. Uh, you can get in touch with us directly, but it's probably best to look at the opportunities online. So omf.org mm-hmm. or .ca, .something anyway. <laughs> look at OMF. OMF. And, and they've got <laughs> opportunities on there. Yes. And all of the opportunities that say Tohoku or Aomori are related to us, and we welcome families. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, recently we've had uh, several families, actually, who've come and stayed with us. 
Nice. And they've come with children as small as uh, a year old, I think, in the past. Um, mm-hmm. But this, even this last year, we had like a two-year-old and a four-year-old in one family that came, and a four-year-old and six-year-old in another family, and a slightly older in another family. So we have had several families join us, and I think they've really loved having that experience of of trying to figure out how to do um, mission yeah. as a family together. And it's been great. Yes. And I think short-term opportunities are amazing opportunities to be stretched in that way. And what does it mean to be a family that participates with God and what he's doing in the world? If you're looking for that opportunity to engage, you know, we definitely encourage you guys to check out OMF and to look up Martin and Ruth as well. Pray for them, support them, join them in Japan for a week, a month, a year. It's very much on-the-ground ministry that is engaging culture and being with people and making space for the gospel to break in. And it was immensely stretching for me to go as a, as a single person, and I'm hoping to go one day and to join you guys once again as a family. And I, I think one of the things that I, I loved also about it was it also informed me in terms of what does that mean for me to live in Toronto or to live in Canada and to be considering what does it mean to be engaging culture and the people that live here and especially now that i have a family of my own all right thank you guys so much for listening to our episode and thank you so much to martin and ruth for joining us today please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast to get this conversation out there it really helps us to spread this podcast around and we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear comments and feedback on on our episode and do you agree do you disagree you know how are you living this out in your context Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you later.